Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of True Say with CBJ and I am your host Cherno. In this episode, I had an amazing conversation with Mamadou Mambure. And let me tell you, it was one of the best discussions I've ever had. It was motivating, eye-opening and deeply insightful. Now Mamadou is a finance professional, a life path coach, but also a master student of esoteric sciences, astrology and plant medicine. He shared his post-COVID journey discovering purpose with medicinal plants, but he also delved into ayahuasca's multidimensional cleansing and connecting power. He also mentioned his heightened awareness since childhood and some spiritual encounters that really shaped his path. We discussed the importance of freedom as a birthright, even when diverging from family beliefs. Our conversation also touched on pursuing passion while embracing individuality in the face of societal norms. Get ready for one of the deepest podcast episodes you will ever hear. Enjoy. All right. Three, two, one, boom. Ladies and gentlemen, Momadou Mambure. Welcome to the show finally, my brother. How are you? I'm, I'm well, man. Thank you for having me, bro. Good man, to see you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know, I know you're very busy. We've been trying to really do this for a while now, but um, I know it's hard to get time, especially with the time difference also. It must be difficult. I'll, I'll be honest, man. There's, there's no excuse because you can always make time. I think what it's more so in, in my life is now being used to scheduling something and staying according to that time. But, you know, I, I love you being in this new space. It, it, it's, it surprised me, but not really. But I thought it was a very good angle seeing you do this. And I've listened to a couple of your episodes and it's been real, real substance. I, you know, I press play and I just find myself listening to the whole thing. So I honor, I honor what you're doing, man. And I, I and I love you being in this space. Thank you. Thank you. You, you, you talk about me doing this. It's, it's crazy because the last time we saw each other, um, it was 2018 when I, when I came to America. And I feel like that was such a pivotal moment for me coming there mm -hmm. and being with you guys. Cause um, I think it was the first time really being around my brothers, you know, you and Che and all of them. And there was there was this kind of a different energy and different love that I felt that I haven't really felt for such a long time. Not that being with my sisters, you know, but it's just something about being in that masculine energy, you know, that had mm -hmm. some sort of a switch in me. And I remember you telling me something about, because we, we, we were hanging around a lot, you know what I mean? I can't say I remember everything that we've talked about when I was there, but one of the most, uh, one of the moments, one of the things that you said was about, you were like, when you're 27 or 28, you're going to start to see some, some different in your life. And that's really what happened. And that's what kind of led me to all these things that I'm doing right now. So I've Amazing. always kind of had that, you know, I mean, they always tell my wife, Mo always, Mo told me by 27, 28, something happened. And that's when I met you. And that's when everything started happening. So that was such a, such an, such a crazy moment, man. And congratulations. On the, on the beautiful wife, the child. Talk about fast changes, man. <laughs> you yeah. caught it pretty fast. I know, I know. But I'm, I'm, I'm also so curious about this journey that you've been on. I mean, there has been changes for me, but in your side also, there has been a lot of changes. I mean, since COVID, I think it's the same time both of us kind of went through a switch. I mean, the whole world changed. You know what I mean? But yours was something... You know, I've been watching from afar and it's, you know, tell me about it, man. Like how, how, like what's been happening, man? Um, I'm, all I can say is Alhamdulillah, 
<laughs> yeah. Um, you know, God is real. And I think around that same time, what happened is, you know, we look at the shift that happened with the whole world and the collective mm-hmm. is something mm-hmm. that it's external thing that happened. But I think for individuals, it more so launched you into your own purpose for that time that was really going to, going to dive you into the next chapter of your life. For you, it accelerated you into then, you know, family life and, and, you know, a lot of other things that you had as passions, you start to accelerate it in that, whether it was oh, doing modeling or branding or acting or starting to tap into different gifts that you had, then you met the woman you were going to marry. Then you had your child, yeah. um, be the same, except for my shift went more into my service with what I would be doing. Like I, I live in Tulum, Mexico. Now, if you would have told me four years ago that I would move to Mexico, I would have told you you were crazy. Um, and I came down here for three days to do a, uh, a retreat working with sacred plant medicines out of the Amazon. And during that retreat, I had a very, very powerful, um, insightful journey that gave me a big memory and a reminder into the work that I would be doing for this chapter of my life, uh, particularly working with medicinal plants. Um, you know, not just plants out of the Amazon, but plants that you can also find in Africa and, and, mm. and, and of, of the natural earth that help people to heal and it helped people to discover their own connection uh, with the higher self and their true nature. So for me, it was, it was such a blessing because it was one of those journeys that required a lot of courage um, because you have to, it challenges your belief system. You know, we come from a culture that has a lot of beautiful morality, that has a lot of beautiful, you know, you knowing, of course, because you've studied the Quran very deeply. And, yeah. you know, within that and societal structure, sometimes you can feel like other alternative methods of learning could be taboo when in actuality, it's all the same. Uh, divinity is all in one package, everything that is of God. So for me, when this path called me to go into it, to be honest with you, it felt just like home, you know? So I landed here. It, it really launched me into being able to learn more, grow into myself and be in service typically start working with the, with the plant medicines. And I found out this would be my home for a while. So as soon as I got here, I here for a while. True, true. And like, I, I, I would love to get into that even deeper in the conversation, but I, I kind of just want to also start with, because, you know, we, we're family and, but we, mm-hmm. we never really grew up around each other, you know, mm-hmm. and I've always, like I said, I, I, I'm very fascinated by your journey. I'm very fascinated by your mindset and how you work. And like I said, coming to America at, at that time, you know, it was such a pivotal mov- moment for me, you know, seeing you because I was going through my own stuff and seeing you and how you navigate kind of, you know, you know, looked at you as a, as a big brother to be like, I really wonder, you know, how, you know, like, how is he doing all the things that he's doing? But I've never mm-hmm. really had, I, I would say, the, you know, I wasn't able to, to talk about it or even to question things. I was just kind of observing a lot. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so like, I just kind of want to really go back and as far as we can go back, you know, mm-hmm. for me to kind of understand who you are today, you know, I kind of want to, want you to share, you know, some of the moments in your life, like early in your childhood, some of the moments that kind of, you know, had certain lasting, you know, impact on your character or even your beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, can you share some of those moments with me if you can? Yeah. Um, you know, I, the first thing that would spring to my memory is honestly, man, your mother, Mm -hmm. um, for me, Andiramu is, you know, both of our moms are superheroes. (laughs) First of all, some of the greatest women character wise, personality wise, and Mm -hmm. 
it's not just that we're their children. Um, everyone loves them to death. But of course, when someone's directly your mother, sometimes you have conflicting issues, right? Because it's your mom and there, there's certain fictions there. But what I remember about Antenamo specifically, because, you know, my mom at the time, she was trying to create a lot of opportunity for people by traveling and stepping out of the bounds and doing certain things for the first time. And she always cared for everyone. So when my mom would be away and I would be around your mother, what I witnessed through her was that you know, beyond what our belief and what our religion was, your mom has this unshaken morality mm -hmm. to just be a good person and do the right thing. And she didn't, you know, and, and I she really, what? she didn't talk much. Yeah. Back mm -hmm. in the days, Andiramo doesn't talk much. She just mm -hmm. kind of shows improved and shows grace. And I always had so much respect for that because I feel like that built a certain moral character and moral prowess within me to just really appreciate that, okay, regardless of, you know, how people identify, there's wisdom in, in being calm. There's silence. wisdom in not silence. There's wisdom in being graceful. There's wisdom in being devoted. Your mother is one of the most devoted people I have seen to her practice and prayer. My mom, the same, you know, she's very devoted to the learning more and, 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 you know, moving to America had to kind of force her life to get out of that for, for a while and just work all the time to take care of everybody. But as soon as she had any free time, she went back to that devotion. Your mother is one of the most devoted people I've ever, if not the most devoted people I've ever yeah. seen. But I think what that put in me is to never be conflicted with religion because as early as I can remember, you know, I'm, when we were in primary school, I think I had to be like four or five years old or something. I don't know, yeah. five. And I passed out in the assembly line. You know, we used to, in Gambia, we would sing the Florida. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we would sing those the old national songs. national anthem and stuff. Yeah. British Commonwealth, whatever that was that we sang. <laughs> and I remember passing out in the line. And I remember since I woke up from that day, I could always feel different parts of myself in terms of my intuitive guidance. And even though I knew it was a version of myself, I always felt like spirits were walking with me. Okay. So from that time, I had a very heightened awareness for some reason into spirituality, into understanding, okay, what's the nature of life for real? Like, sure, we live in a human vessel. Sure, we have families and we move around through life. But what's the purpose beyond it all? How come we're all similar and the same, but everybody claims to have a different way to believe in God, et cetera. So it my interest very early in life of why all this separation when to my core, I just knew God was in everything and everywhere. And there's wisdom in all scripture. And it's not really about what practice you follow, rather that you follow your perfect morality, but there is wisdom in the vibration and, and, and the frequency that is scripture, that is the Quran when you dive deeper into it. So for me, I didn't know any of the surahs by meaning. I didn't know any other professional terms in any other religion, mm -hmm. so to speak, in terms of how they identify things. But my moral compass was always there. So it gave me a fond understanding that when you're born, you kind of come, you know, you can grow up and learn things in life, but I already felt like I had the wisdom of the creation within me, which then always my curiosity. So that time in my early childhood, being around your mother, um, having that pass out experience to where after that, I started feeling my internal, I started literally feeling spirits and different guidances within me. I knew that something else is walking with me through this life and there was some higher purpose. And, and that is these spirits you're talking about. That is, that is the unseen world, which is actually real. You know, that those things actually do exist for people who don't know.
Yeah. I was able to be able to kind of be in between the veil. And for me, since a child, even growing up, you know, to when we left Gambia, came to America, going to school and getting a degree and all these mundane things, my peak interest would always be on uplifting humanity somehow and and always was interested in people understanding the nature of their own spirituality, the nature of their own makeup, and then people basking in the love and glory of what the divinity is in this heaven that we live in. So the next mm. time that really took took ground for me was 2007. You know, usually many of us, when we go through major transformations in our lives, it's triggered by like either a, a, a super profound relationship mm. or a change job or a change in location. Yes, it's usually yeah. by something that, that makes us go in depth to the heart. So in 2007, I think, you know, I was kind of about to come out of college and I was confused on what to do because in my mind, it was like, okay, societal pressure was saying like, go to school, you know, after you get this degree, you have to find a job so you can make money so you can be successful. So then you can, you know, then, you know, make a family and build a house. And that was it. And even though that's a great thing to aspire to, mm -hmm. I just, that there had to be something more and something different. Yeah. So I went through a series of, initi of initiations into um, just certain societies that had hidden books, hidden ancient texts of Sanskrit, hidden ancient texts of Egyptian Egyptian um, culture, hidden ancient texts of Lemurian culture, and and started diving into learning about Atlantis and all this ancient society. Started diving into spiritism and what the what the religion what the spirituality practice and culture was around Africa b before the religions came so yeah. my always went to that I started diving into astrology cosmology you know understanding our energy centers and our chakra centers and our body understanding all of these things and just the nature of the human being so that was another big major trigger point that just really dove me into um into the understanding that I arrive at today. So so all those things you were reading was for you to try to understand the self. Well, it was more of an interest, man. It was it, it was like, you know, I played sports in, in high school and college and the beginning of college, but I wasn't really um passionate about it. You know, for me, what I was passionate about, I would get up in the morning, I would go to the gym, I would go work my job in finance. While I would be at work all day, my rush would be to get home and listen to astrology just to get a more in-depth I call it an understanding, but more of a memory mm -hmm. of an understanding of our true nature. Because one thing I've discovered also when you're learning something, you know, when someone tells you something that's true, mm -hmm. generally it resonates with you because you already know it inside of your soul, mm -hmm. not because you're learning something new. You know, so for me, it was more like rediscovering things that were already true to my core and that excited me, you know, so. And then that to me, that was my signal that, okay, this is along the lines of why you were here in the first place. So I know that in part of going through that journey, like all these things that you say, you talk about how society, especially in our culture, you go, you, you, you went through in a, such a different path. And of course that must've maybe like scared your, your family or your mother and everybody started to question about where is he going with, with stuff like that. And for me, that's one of the things that fascinated me about your journey, because I understand like the path through self-discovery, the path through God or the divinity. Everybody has their own way of getting there because at the end of the day, God, God end up, you know, he's the one who guides whoever he wants. Like he said it in the Quran, that I guide whoever I want. You know what I mean? He told, tells the prophet that you cannot guide people. So I guide whoever I want, but I want to kind of understand. So you navigating through all those things, 
it must have been a lot of challenges, of course, on considering others' feelings, you know what I mean, while you try to pursue it, like to try to to kind of chase, you know, your own true, like, fulfillment. So how did you have to navigate through those challenges also? Well, yes and no. Mm. Um, you know, and, and you know, every once, every, every once in a while, you find out somebody who's a true black sheep, right? <laughs> and I would say my confusion to the family was more so that, like, you know, the family knows my personality. They know my character. Mm. Oh, I'm a good person. They know all these yeah. things. So the confusion would be, well, then how come he doesn't conform to what seems to be what? And the truth is, I never really rebelled. I never really once said, I believe in other things. It's funny, your mom would always use the term. She'd be like, hey, you know, into that free thinking stuff. And the free thinking is going to get confused. <laughs> and I always appreciate that. But my thing is, hang up. You know what we say in, in Wolof, like, uh, like basically you'll be learning something, but you really don't know what you're learning. Yeah. And, you know, you're kind of just walking through blindly. Mm. So for me, I never really felt that way with the Quran because I knew mm. what I felt when I read scripture. I knew what I felt when I read surah. You know, I didn't have to understand the words to still know that it resonated with me. But at okay. the same, but at the same time, while I was within that context, I couldn't lie to myself. Mm -hmm. about what my heart was pointing me to do. So what, for me, what exactly was that, which was basically like, don't shun out any knowledge that you learn and seek understanding in a full circle ring and don't bias or have discrimination against any knowledge of any sect of, 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 of a school of thought or learning, because you already have a natural fil filter of all of the wisdom mm -hmm. that there is. So your job is to learn everything. And internally, you already know what sinks in true and what doesn't sink in true. So I'm, I, I could never lie to myself and have like a closed mind to not understand the truths and the principles in Buddhism, to not yeah. understand the truth and the principles and the confusion between what is the scripture of Christianity and what is the actual truth of what that doctrine is. Because at the end of the day, God's truth is all one. But then as our plight as human beings, man created different forms during different times of history mm. to be able to then cope and learn in its own way and share that wisdom within different societies. And that all took different forms because at the end of the day, human beings were running all of that. It has nothing to do with you know, the story that is of us in our divinity. So for me, what I couldn't lie to myself about was the innate curiosity that I had mm -hmm. to continue deepening the learning, to jump into, you know, certain societies that people felt like were taboo and to open my mind. I, I would freely, I would meditate with the Buddhists. I would sit with higher Krishnas. I would mm -hmm. go into church. I would go into mosque. I would go in all these places because I felt like I'm the child of God. There's no space I can't walk into. Of course. And then also mm. from closed minded to point at other people without mm. having a true understanding of who they are in their nature mm. and automatically judge what mm. they know as something. Well, then what am I really saying from the standpoint I'm at? I never saw separation. So I could never, I could never act like or fake that I did, you know? So, and, <laughs> you know, it's to the point where yeah. it served me really well because I was able to see God in every single person. Mm. I was able to see God in everything that is this creation. And then I was able to listen to my own guidance where, because, you know, God uses us all to, to, to not only grow and learning our own lives and lessons, but then to share in that wisdom and share in growth. And I always, I remember I used to tell you this all the time that, mm. man, I know everybody's blessed, but we come from a very, very blessed family, man. True. You true. come from a very, very 
morally powerful inclined mm-hmm. family from our immediate parents to our grandparents. Mm-hmm. If you ask deep questions to our moms about our grandmothers and our great aunts, mm-hmm. like all of these people were known for having very, very specific healing power. Knowledge. And knowledge. Yeah. You and get- the wisdom. The wisdom has always been there, you know, for... I think even though like the way what you just said now, I think of obviously some people will have a difficult time understanding, especially from like for me, example, learning the Quran and memorizing it. Mm-hmm. I start to learn and read the Quran more than I ever done before, because before also <laughs> I only memorized it, but I never understood it. And mm-hmm. that's why I mean, I'm into so I'm, I'm into so much of everything because I see the Quran that everything exists in it. You know, if you <laughs> really truly truly read it, not only read, but really learn the wisdom of the Quran to know that, because we believe, as you know, that it's, it's a word, it's word of God. Mm-hmm. But so there's, there's so much deep meaning inside the Quran that when you really understand it, everything, like the world that you're in right now is mm-hmm. all in it. It all exists in it. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And it, it has something, it's, there's, there's so much of understanding the self. There's so much having that freedom to travel and explore, to learn different culture, different religion, because he created that. He created us to look different, to sound different. You know what I mean? But to all come together and which is that love that you always talk about, that you believe in love, you know, that religion of love that's, you know, to, to spread love. So I think that's, that's, that's the thing that a lot of them don't understand also because of, they feel like as a Muslim, yeah, it's a religion for us because of, but I actually just recently I realized it's not it's not really a religion. It's more of a way of life. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's a way of life because it's more of a guidance. That's how it's supposed to be. But a lot of people don't understand when it comes to, you know, learning other really like like what you're doing right now, because they feel like when they as soon as they get into it, they start to do what they call bokale. You know what I mean? Having a partnership with God. Or, mm-hmm. or whatever, but I think that's that's when that's the when the misunderstanding starts to you know to come in, because when they see you going on such a different path, or maybe you're not praying five times a day, or you're not fasting the Ramadan, they say like, okay, so he's gone astray, but mm-hmm. instead that he's he has his own journey, you know, which is that that thing you were talking about, my mother, that you know he's just quiet and he watches, and there's no judgment there, also, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That you just have to to just watch the person go about their own journey, you know. You know, even in prayer, like, um, you know, I don't pray five times a day and it's been a long time. I have prayed five times a day, but mm. I'll still loop myself in prayer to mm. where I live in prayer. But then also I'll have times where I'll bow my head and I'll go back to the traditional prayer. Mm. There's so much wisdom in prayer. But then even if you simplify it, mm-hmm. if five times a day you put yourself in the frame of mind to go into gratitude and grace and thankfulness and prayer, it's very unlikely that you're gonna live an unsanctified life. So just consider that wisdom firstly. You know, fasting and Ramadan is one of the greatest wisdoms. Like that's the best way for your body to heal. That's the best way for your mind to cleanse. That's the best way for all these things to heal. So I feel like, you know, to me, the the all of that has become evidence of like why that's even necessary. But the the what I used to, um, I wouldn't even say rebel against, but what I used to just know in my mind, like, okay, I understand all that, but the mandate that says that, hey, okay, if you don't do this, you're doomed to like, mm-hmm. you know, something bad. Mm-hmm. I never accepted that in my mind. But have you, have you ever questioned also why that that it is the way it is like that? Why do they say it like that? 
Well, because I mean, again, it's, you know, fear is a good teacher sometimes too, mm. you know, and there's wisdom in it because again, if you don't follow those suits, then it is more likely that you would get into other things that are not healthy for you. That's true. You know, mm. likely that you would fall and ill, you know, fall ill and, and don't realize the beauty of height because you know how fasting works. Even you're able to manifest wonderful things in your life when you devote that time into it. But the truth is you can also do that naturally in your regular life. Mm. You know, so to me, it has these beautiful, these beautiful signs of teaching, you know, how all these things come about. But again, for me, I never, I always accepted that as the full spectrum. It's just, mm. um, I, I still, there are many other things I'm involved in also. Like I'll be candid with you comparing mm. it to our culture is and what the, what the level of acceptance is in practice is like the work we do with the plant, with the plant medicines, it takes you into a multidimensional space moves where you can come directly into contact with that that's inside of you to where it could, you know, it not only triggers mediumship to literally feel your higher self take over your body, but it also heals you physically. It helps heal you mentally. Mm -hmm. It talks to you. You're able to communicate with the unseen world. You're able to get glimpses of, you know, communication with spirits and you're able to walk that line. But then also it's a testy space and it's not for the vein at heart because also you have to have a strong spirit to kind of stand in your core. So, so for me, what kept me to my core is Islam. Okay, so so this this plant medicine is, is called, it's a plant medicine that you're talking about. It, it, it's ayahuasca, isn't it? Or, or is it different? I mean, it's pretty much, it's one of the main ones. Yes. So can you tell me, can you tell me more about it? Because I, I know about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. About, you know, the, you know, like, um, what is it called? Um, is it, is it, do you call it retreat or something? I don't know. Like, cause I, I hear a lot about Joe Rogan and his people talk about it and how fascinating it is. And I've always been fascinated to actually try and do it, but there's a lot mm -hmm. of misconception and fears about, about it also, especially from, our culture and our religion to get into this. But I want you to kind of break it down for me what ayahuasca is. So for people in our culture, from Gambia, from whoever, to really understand what this is really about. You know, it's interesting because in, in the jungle, when you go in the jungle in the Gambia, there are some um, energy workers that know how to work with certain medicinal plants that help to clean the body. Mm -hmm. With certain medicinal plants that help you to have a altered psychoactive state of mind to where you can see into your subconscious mind and you can see your emotional self that help to heal you. If you go to Gabon, there's another medicine called Iboga that they practice with over there. It's a tree, it's a um, tree bark shrub and Iboga kind of has the same effect to where it helps cleanse the body. It helps cleanse the mind also. And it also will teach you a lot about what's going on in your subconscious. So no different, but even more strong. So ayahuasca is a plant that you can find in the Amazon jungle, um, mainly out of Peru, Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador. And this plant is a living spirit. And, you know, just like everything of God's creation, like plants are sentient beings. like plants have frequencies, they have personalities, they have sound, they have vibration, they have healing properties. If you look at anything in a medicine cabinet, the main ingredient in it is of a plant, then all the other synthetic stuff comes after. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. plant, there's a reason, uh, like trees produce us air to be able to breathe. Like mm -hmm. are an extension of our nature ourselves. And we have a direct connection, not just to the plants. We have a direct connection to all of the elements of life, the air, 
the fire, the water. Without water, we're nothing. So our relationship to this elements, because we live in a day and time now where our brain is so much filled with other chemical stuff to where we're desensitized to the fact that just with what we come to this earth with, we have everything that we need to survive and more, and it's provided for by the elements that are around us. So these medicines, but after cleansing you, they show you a glimpse into your true connection with all of the elements around you. And then that expands into how you can work to co-create your reality with your current existence. So it teaches you mm. not only what's That's going deep, on, man. Your, <laughs> next you to your own human reality to your own. Like when you watch a movie like Avatar, people, you know, watch that movie like, oh, that's fascinating and I feel something. Avatar might be 5% of what you can really feel when you're in this space with some of these medicines. So it's it's like five, that. Five it's a little bit like that. Mm. 5% of what you can really feel. So ayahuasca is two things. Mm. It's a vine in the Amazon called kapi. Mm. This vine, like a circular vine, there are many different kinds and the kapi vine holds the the spirit of the plant itself. So again, when I say like plants are living beings and they have spirits, like everything is alive in life. Just because something's material and it's just stationary, we don't look at it as such and it doesn't move because when frequency doesn't mean anything. Dogs hear sounds that we can't hear as human beings because they're different frequency. Cats see things that we can't see as human beings because their eye and their pineal cone in their head is mm -hmm. tuned frequency. So plants is the same. If you plug a sonogram to a plant, you can hear the music. Yeah. Up. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So ayahuasca has the copy vine, which houses the spirit of the mother plant. And she's in the jungle. They call her the master and the mother of all plants because she holds the wisdom of creation in herself also. And she's a master teacher and a master healer. Then there's other leaves in the Amazon called shakuna. These shakuna leaves have something that you call dimethyltryptamine or what people call DMT. DMT, yeah. So mm. DMT, everything of a physical substance in reality has DMT. Your body produces DMT naturally because it has to exist in this physical third dimensional world. Mm. And when we say three dimension, we mean because up, down, yeah. sideways. Mm. We live in a three dimensional reality. So... In our lives, the most times that you feel a heightened sense of DMT is when you're born because your spirit has to transition into your body. And then when you pass away and transition because your spirit has to transition out. When we're living our lives on a day-to-day, -day, there's certain micro um, bioorganisms that you have in your stomach that prevent you and that level the amount of DMT that you're able to take so that you can be here and be leveled and sane and just see in the 3D. Otherwise, if you didn't have that protection in your gut, you'd be able to see things into the unseen. And that's not the normal frequency that our human makeup is attuned to. So when you mix the shakuna leaves with the DMT, with the ayahuasca copy vine, it allows you to have a heightened DMT experience while you can still be stable here. So then the ayahuasca allows you to then see into the multidimensional world mm. while you're still here in the physical existence. So it does a couple things. The, the, when you mix the two plants together, they brew it into a, into a tea. When you drink the tea, first you'll feel the medicine scan you. You'll <laughs> feel it scan your mind. You'll feel it scan your heart. You'll feel it scan your body. And you'll literally feel the substance move through you. And then it will start to mirror your mind it'll start to show you how you think. So you'll start to see many things. It's almost like opening your brain and just pulling everything that's out of there that you usually consume. 
Then it will go to your heart and it'll start to show you all the things your heart's kind of holding on to and that you're hiding. Because, you know, the mind holds the ego, which is a great tool, but it usually is there to protect us. So even if someone's heartbroken, the mind will allow you to cope with how you're feeling and how you're dealing with it, but you don't feel that to its depth. The medicine, after it does that scan, it's looking for energy blockages to start cleansing. Because even though your mind can put you in a space to where you suppress how you truly feel and you just kind of cope with whatever you're dealing with, your body is this super wise technology and your body doesn't forget anything. Your body takes store of everything you experience. You could be eight years old and your mom yell at you or your brother tell you you're not good enough to do something. And from that day, because of what that person told you or it having a significant impact, mm. you react the same way to something to, to, to something that happened to you when you're eight years old for the rest of your life. Do you get what I'm saying? You could fear something at a young age. And because of that one pivotal point in your life, it creates this trauma that then keeps you under cyclical behavior till you're 60. So a lot of times age doesn't necessarily mean maturity or wisdom. Because we all hold that childhood trauma and different generations, you know, live through different existences to where they just really have to survive to make it. So the generational trauma that's within people is very, very deep and profound. So once the medicine does the scan, it's looking for major energy blockages to then allow you to release that energy so that you no longer hold that programming within your system. So for people that are more scientific, that like like taking things outside of the spiritual context and want actual evidence of how it works, what really happens is it destroys certain neural patterns in your brain that are addicted to trauma loops. And then it increases your neuroplasticity. And they've, you, they've actually measured this. It increases your neuroplasticity to create brain waves that go a certain type of way. So mm-hmm. if you're used to having an addiction to certain substances, like a lot of people come to the medicines for healing if they have addiction to like cocaine, and drugs, yeah. and alcohol, all these other things, mm-hmm. it eliminates those bonds and then it creates a neuroplasticity mm-hmm. so that you no longer have that urge within you. So after that cleanse, which can happen many different ways, you can throw up, you can just have your body shake, you can cry your tears out. You can laugh hysterically. (laughs) After that, then it takes you on a journey of your subconscious mind and it takes you on a journey of the DNA and the cellular structure that's in. Booba, I've had processes to where I've seen into Andrew Domo's life. I've had processes that I've seen into our mom's life. I've had processes that I've seen some ancestors of ours show me different things and teach me different things. I've had practices where I've seen into the future and those things have happened in my own life because the way we view time is like it's past, present, future, mm-hmm. but that's only in our perception. That's How not work there then. Actually not linear when you look at it in, in, in a multidimensional space. So I've, you know, I've had many in-depth processes to where I've had healing over many different things, including physical healing, but in also just healing, not just for myself, but in the DNA of our whole family structure itself. So after, so during that past current life progression, it's almost like you're watching your subconscious mind like a movie. And this is where the, the plant's really like a master teacher because it will use elements around you to show you that there really is no separation in human beings. So, so, when you, when, so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. So when, when you're, when you're going through all these when, are you still dealing with the spirit that you're talking about? Or like, are you guys communicating or is this? It's the plant that's taking you through the experience and it's guiding it. But really the plant is just plugging you to your higher self. See, there is, you know, a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. When you look deep into scripture, I'm even, I'm, I'm not even going to use Islamic scripture. I'm going to just use Christian scripture also, or both. Mm-hmm. When in scripture, 
the English translation has certain words that have very different meanings to the original language. Of, of course. Scripture. Yeah. And the original language of scripture, when it talks about I being my father's son or I being a child of God, mm. it's relating to God as the infinite source that powers everything. Mm-hmm. And that same source is the source of the subconscious mind. And it's relating the son of that as the conscious mind, which is then relating to. So in your life, your subconscious programming is what runs how you live your life. Mm-hmm. Your conscious mind is what in the moment you can choose to go left or right and all this other stuff. But when you're an autopilot, all of your habits are conditioned by your subconscious mind. But so, isn't that just the free will? Like, like is it, what does well, that have to do with the free will? Range. We have a range of free will. In my opinion, we mm-hmm. say we have free will, but we run a certain constellation. Like how many things have happened in your life to where it seems like after you met your wife, Couldn't you tell like that was going to happen at some point? You know, it, it wasn't like she was something foreign that came in your life, even though it was super random. When certain things happen in your life, you just kind of know that you're falling right in line with purpose. Yeah, I guess like for us, that's what we believe in. One of our belief system, one of the pillars of Islam, which is the predestined, which is Qadr. You know, exactly. and, and it's, it's so hard for some people to understand what the predestined is because you're like, but if I have free will, how does predestined work? You know, but it's, You know, that's when the higher power comes in. Exactly. So if I make a choice, he doesn't matter if I if I go with that choice or not go with that choice. That is already kind of been made. Like he already knows how he's going to go. Hey, it's yeah. already been. We're, we're just living the experience so our soul can get the lesson and get the growth. But this story is already written. And I really started to see the evidence. I mean, there's multiple ways I've seen the evidence of that. Aside from just in my regular life, there's something, you know, this is even bold for me to kind of share because I'm sharing this kind of, but at first, especially the context of, you know, our culture, our surroundings mm-hmm. and all that. One thing that happens in the space of someone who facilitates in this medicine is I go into mediumship. And I believe this mediumship started, or I started being aware of it when I told you about that originally from when I had that passing out situation since I was in school. That's where and it all started. is when I'm in this zone and even, and without any medicine, I'm talking about something I can sit right now and do in meditation, something, my natural subconscious mind, my higher power, higher self, God, something triggers to where something else takes over. And I'm not actively thinking and life is just kind of walking me according to the role. And what I believe it is, is when you're in alignment, everything in life just kind of follows suit. So the predestined that we talk and, and learn about in Islam is very real. I've experienced mm-hmm. it, you know, so that I yeah. don't need to question it because I've seen and felt the evidence of it. But I, I also believe that you're special in that way because, you know, God always puts certain people and always gives certain people a certain power that doesn't give everyone, you know, and then that power can, can be with that experience that you went through at that age that something mm-hmm. happened to you. Because even the other day I was talking to my mom and because me and her, we were doing this lecture. We've been uh, reading this book together. And one of it was like, even some of the people who are, who are not believers, sometimes mm-hmm. God puts his waliyu. I don't know how to say waliyu in English, mm-hmm. but like, you know, so we have to be careful on even how we, how we talk to some certain people, how we treat certain people, how we judge mm-hmm. certain people. Because his people are everywhere. God's people are everywhere. doesn't exactly. matter he has to dress in a certain way or has to pray five times a day. It doesn't have to do with that. You know what I mean? And so I guess that's where the, you know, that's where the, the how, do, how do you say it? That's where the, the lack of understanding comes from. But you, you talked about this ayahuasca thing now. And like you, you, 
these entities like because I have so much fear when when you talk about this because I I want to try this you know I want to really mm-hmm. go through this because I'm going through this path myself and I feel like there's so much like this lack of fulfillment even though I've been life has been so much better for the last three years but it still feels like there's so many things I want to go back to and and connect to and reach out to and talk to but at the same time you know I've listened to a lot of videos about it and we never had this conversation but i'm sure i'm sure maybe not 100% yet but i'll probably come there and do it but i don't know but there's this fear also and there's this talk about jins you know that you mm-hmm. know jins so we come from a culture mm-hmm. where they talk about jins because mm-hmm. we believe that we're the only kind of two beings that exists you know that's how we kind of think about it, as in human being and jins and we're supposed to mm-hmm. worship god do you describe these entities or these spirit as jins No. 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 But man it feels that way sometimes if I'm being honest. <laughs> let me tell you about my very first experience. Tell me man, tell me. Um we I go into this I go so one the medicine finds you and it naturally calls you to the experience. So okay. can you start someone, how, how do you even prepare for it in the first place? How do you mentally so, and like so prepare firstly, for it? So you have to feel like you have the call to have the experience because Mm-hmm. You know, you said, okay, I'm special because all they said, yes, but to a certain extent, everybody's special and everybody has their own door to their path of awakening. For some people, it's too normal. Some people know nothing about any religion in this world and they still have their morality-based world. They grow into their enlightenment. Specifically with the plant medicines, there's something we often talk about is to be called to have the experience. For example, someone can listen to this conversation and not have the call and have no interest in what we're talking about. They won't even think about it. Then you have another person who hears it and they are dialed into every single word we are saying because they can feel truly in their heart there's a calling there. So the same thing you say when you think when you're talking about you've been thinking about it, you feel like, you know, even though there are all these things in your life, you have a beautiful wife, you have beautiful children, you have beautiful family, life is starting to go in different directions for you. There's still some point in connection that you feel like is missing. And that connection is really just a full knowing of your connection with source. And that can come from many different ways in life, but this is just one other mode that God uses for people to feel that connection. So mm-hmm. when you feel the call to have the experience, when people come to do this specific plant medicine, one <laughs> you know, in in Gambian culture we love meat, we love <laughs> we love yeah. lamb, all these other things. It's important to stay at least a week, two weeks stay off of red meat. Of course, no alcohol, no other drugs, no smoke, um no sex, um no fried foods, and then you just want to limit spices like up to three days to a week of you want to stay away from salt and oils and garlic and pepper and all these other things. Now, someone can be in a state to where they're doing all these other things and they walk into the ceremony and they're still going to have the experience they're supposed to have. But then the medicine's going to spend a lot more time cleansing them for them to get a real in-depth connection mm-hmm. with it before it actually, you know, before they actually connect. And in some other cases, it's no telling, but out of respect for the process, once you get a general understanding of what it is it's important that you prepare and you give the respect to the process because people think they're coming to the experience to have to to like meet some other entity or to meet yeah. some spirit no what you come into the experience to meet is actually yourself 
So when you're plugged up to that and you meet your highest up and your, your higher knowing, self, man, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. You, you, you sound so scary, man. <laughs> you feel the infinite love that you knew exists, but you never believed it was actually so, you know, but then at the same time for some, it could be a tough process because it will also show you the other side of yourself. And it will show you, hey, you see your habits that you've been doing here? You think that's good? It will show you, you see that. For me, the medicine actually strengthened my faith in Islam. Mm, interesting. Which is interesting, right? Because it put me through many tests to see if it's there's your grandfather's prayers, in the world man. that could make me rebuke. <laughs> it put me through many tests to be like, let's see if there's anything in the world to make you rebuke the core knowing that you know of Ya'Allah. And I passed those, I'm feeling chills as I'm saying this right now. Mm. And the moments where it came, where those texts ran circle and I stood in the core of that, everything disappears. You'd be in some super hard processes to where it'll, it'll put in your mind all these other things and, and negative things and manipulations and then see at your core, what do you go to the brink of and call to when you're in the dark with everything, when you're feeling this. And I promise you, in that moment, when you bring prayer and you say, Fatiha, everything negative dispels. Everything falls to the wayside. It doesn't stand a chance against the anchor that is God. So for me, it's been a most profound experience in those. But, you know, for everyone, the experience is different because everyone experiences their contact with the higher power differently, you know, because ultimately it's still the same source that powers us all. You know, it's just important to know sort of what your true is. So to answer your question of why I say, oh man, it felt like what my fear would call whatever the gins would be, it's because man, like the, the, the vibrations and the frequencies and, and, and seeing the inner mandalas and seeing the sacred geometry in your system and seeing the ancient languages and getting an understanding of the multi-dimension, seeing yourself in another planet and seeing yourself in the astral, like Shit. all of these things through vision can blow your mind. And then you can see like uh, the medicine can appear in different forms. Sometimes you can li literally feel like it shape shifts and transform you into something else. Like you can feel all these things. And sometimes it can take you completely out of your body. But the reason why all of that's possible is because Booba, we are not the physical body. We are not the mind. We are oh. not the emotions, all of these things that we come with in this beautiful, beautiful divine vessel and Merkaba are great tools and extensions of ourselves, but they're also limitations of ourselves. We are the same source that is that infinite consciousness. So you'll go through a process, for example, where you'll feel like the medicine's about to, you feel like you're about to die. You'll feel like you gotta, you're about to stop breathing. And guess what you discover when you surrender to that and you stop breathing, you realize you're still there. Then you're like, whoa, so wait, beyond the prana, beyond the breath, I'm still here. So then what am I really? But in our lives, we're so used to, you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you check mm -hmm. your phone, you go to your job, you talk to your friends and your family, and you go to the next thing. So we, and then, you know, our mind consumes everything that we feed it. And then our emotions are so attached to everything that that runs our lives. Mm -hmm. But that's why meditation is so important. That's why prayer is so important. And that's why it's so sacred, because when you sit with yourself long enough, 
and you open enough space to detach from everything physical, something magical happens. You realize something else rises up from within yourself. And that's that heightened sense, that heightened internal source that is God itself. So going to that place, it allowed you to release the story of your identity that you tell yourself that, okay, just because, you know, I'm born into this body and I'm born from this place, that's just the limitation of who I am or, you know, I'm a doctor and I studied for 10, 12 years and I pride myself on the fact that I wear nice suits and go to work every day and people respect me and all of these things of the false ego construct that can be appeasing to your personality if you do so. But all of that gives you a lack of perspective of the true source of what you are at your core. And that's fascinating. I was actually um, reading a book the other day and in it, there's this uh, this uh, one of the prophet's um, companion, his name is Imam Ali. And he said that you 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 presume that you're a small entity, but with you actually exists or enfolded the entire universe. So like, because you know nowadays we we look at ourselves that we are this small being that we we don't matter, you know. But everything exists in within us, and I believe that some part of it, like you're saying, is inside of us, which is reaching to that higher power. It's just that the reason why I'm so curious about it is because throughout time, like we talk, I talk about the jinn is that we've always somehow been so curious about that unseen world. Like, cause even in the, there's a verse in the Quran that said that like when magic, for example, started back in the, the, the King, King Solomon time, it said that like, uh, so like Solomon didn't disbelieve, but the jinns were the one that disbelieved and then taught it, started teaching people magic. So it, it mm -hmm. felt like, for me, as I was learning the Quran, who's trying to really understand on how these things work, um, like that it all started from there. And even throughout time, when it comes to back in the ancient times, you know, people used to use these kind of plants to kind of, you know, do what you're doing right now, which is kind of reaching to the higher self. So I guess that's why that's what just makes me have so much misconception about why as human beings throughout time, we've just always been so curious about trying to go somewhere that is not our world like you know i know that like you said there's no limitation but it feels mm -hmm. like there there's been a limit like this is our world and that's another world and we're not supposed to go to that world mm -hmm. you know what i mean like for example me when i was going through my own journey like recovering from from alcohol and all these things i like i had to do it my own like i had to kind of go through my own way like i didn't have to to go through what a lot of other people go through because mm -hmm. you know, I feel like too, it, it has become a, some sort of a trend nowadays that you have to go through that because it sounds cool. Like you're saying, you're going to meet this entity and all these things. And, and, you know, for me, it was like, I found guidance in a different way. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I found my way, but I still, even though I got, I, 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 you know, I left those things. I stopped doing the drugs and all those things, but I'm still, ha still looking for that, that unfulfillment. You know what I mean? So even after, if I were to even do this, mm -hmm. like what's next after? For you example, who have you already done it? Like what's next for you now? See, to me, it's not, um, you know, it's funny. There's, there's noise of mm -hmm. what people talk about it on the outside mm -hmm. and there's what seems trendy. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who's in that work, man, ain't nothing play play about this. Mm. It ain't nothing trendy about it. And it might sound like some people will, oh, come to do it because it's cool. You'll have a rude awakening when you walk in that room and it's for the wrong reason. Mm. Because you'll you'll meet your, again, you'll meet your, it's, it's, trust me, 
it's like nothing but it's nothing but love in that space. A love you can't even imagine. And the love is no separate from like it's all boy, it's all yala. Yep. Yep, yala. It's all God. In that yeah. space, even he he uses the plant to teach you things that keep you in integrity and keep you morality. So it's just an extension of that. So to me, no one doesn't have to go through the plight. That's why I said for this. It's something that calls people to have the experience. It's not something that you should necessarily, someone can never do Aya and be perfectly fine in their life. Okay. Someone can have a calling to do it one time and mm -hmm. it gives them a connection enough with, you know, that and they never have to do it again. Mm -hmm. Someone can walk in for the wrong reasons and be as blind as they were when they walked in that room when they leave out because they didn't come for the right reasons and they won't see, you know, the benefit of that. Then... Mm -hmm. Someone can come and they can have a purpose to work within that space to then help other people understand their own plight in that situation and story. So for me, I didn't ask to jump in that space. Yeah. And then once it happened, I didn't ask to start being in service in that space. And then once that happened, I certainly didn't ask to start helping to facilitate the ceremonies. It all happened and unfolded naturally with purpose. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, I get it. It was mm. a part of a calling to happen that to me is undeniable, mm. you know, but at the same time, man, it, I ain't gonna lie to you. It was scary. Mm. It was fearful. My very first ceremony when I walked in and it was a moment where I started jumping for joy, jump like, firstly, I walk in and usually it takes about 40 minutes for you to really feel the vibration of the plant mm -hmm. in 10 minutes. The plant laughed, something laughed in my head and said, hey, you know, you'll never drink or smoke in your life again, right? And I was, I thought I was tripping. I was like, I turned around to my friend and I was like, yo, something's talking to me. Mm. I'm like, yo, something in my head just told me I would never drink or smoke again. And it sounded like me, mm. you know? And then a lot of memories started coming back. And then I started seeing into working with this medicine and being in this path. And I was so happy and elated. It's like I had so many healing moments of just a validation that I knew we didn't have to wait till after this life to really come to feel, you know, our depth with source. I knew that there was no question. Like for me, I always believed in God a hundred percent, but that amplified to 10 million percent after these processes started because the, the, the depth that you feel in connection with yourself and so on is when you walk in that space, it's undeniable that hit yala I'm not because God is real. Because, you know, many people say that and they believe and they felt certain things and they even follow the religion, but a lot of people also follow it out of fear, which is okay too for them because you'll sit that you'll still have deliverance. It doesn't matter because you are of God. There's nothing but light on the other side anyway. Any mm -hmm. proverbial hell you can face is of your own doing and of your own infliction and turmoil that you put yourself into during your walk in this life. So, yeah. you know, always say that your heart will be weighed against itself and it has to be light as a feather. You experience that same thing in the ceremony space. It gives you a small version of what that's like when you deal with things that you've done that don't sit right with you. So people have moments where they're bawling their eyes out in there because they know they've done some things that just don't sit right with them and they have to kind of cleanse that away from their vibration and it allows them a new start to kind of, you know, live life differently from that standpoint. Of. But there was a moment in that first ceremony where my fear came in, where it required for me to really surrender and the medicine take me in. And it was because it was trying to show me also that fear holds me back, that fear 
Like I shouldn't have any fear associated with religion. I should have respect and devotion associated with it. But that fear was holding me back. So when when it brought that fear, man, I started praying every surah that I knew. <laughs> I got up in that room and I was like, I was like, this is what I get for being a free thinker. Now I'm in the middle of this Mexican jungle. These people have reprogrammed my spirit. Now I'm doomed to hell for eternity. It what, really what kind of fear, fear was it? What, what, what kind of fear was it? Was, it, was it was the fear came up that somehow this was chin and somehow this had manipulated me into believing some false sense of spirituality mm-hmm. and that I was really moving away from Islam. So because, again, the medicine shows you every single thing that's in your system. So mm-hmm. that fear was very real in my system. True. Even though I claim to have, you know, through the years growing up and understanding God through everything and all that, it showed me that fear is very real. But then it also used that same thing to bring me back full circle to realize that Yah Allah is still my core to the core, that God is still my core to the core, that no matter what, and it makes sure that no matter what you learn, no matter what experience you have, never take anything else and put it and measure it up to the pedestal of what God is, period. You know, so... I knew that beforehand, but this was extra validation mm-hmm. that even if something comes in and it shows you all these beautiful ways to connect, every single thing that is in creation is a result of what God has put on this earth, period. That's scary. For me, that's scary because, man, I, 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 have, I, have, I, I know some of the fears that I'm dealing with right now, like some of the things that I'm, I'm facing, even though I'm, I'm trying to be all you know, like crystal clear and all these, but there's mm-hmm. so many things. And yeah, like you've, you're, you're kind of convincing me almost to actually really come and do this. So and we'll it's see. not me to convince you because it'll come down to two things. No, when no, it's, it's not know, the convincing part. I, I yeah. think this conversation has just kind of made it more, give me more insights about it, but I've yeah. already had my own in like I've already investigated, I've already looked into it to like maybe this would be the way. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm just a very curious person overall, and I feel like there is much more for me to learn. You know, because I feel like there's so many things holding me back, and you know, and like I I talk to God about it. I'm I'm the type of person that I I tend to complain to God and 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 talk to God about all the things that I'm going through very clearly. I don't hide it because I'm like He knows everything and He sees everything. You know what I mean? So, but there's still that, like I talk about that, that, that full, that unfulfillment sometimes. (laughs) Say it in English. (laughs) Only God can show you that he truly exists. So sometimes for some hearts, when you go around searching for connections, he will use his own ways and methods to teach you certain wisdoms, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is no different from that. So as much as it may seem taboo, what I realize is you could, as long as you are anchored by that spirit of God, because there's something I used to always listen to and believe is that you don't have to see to believe, you have to believe to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you know he's at your core, there are many different ways he'll use to go about how to make you see and learn different wisdoms for certain reasons. You know, so for me, it's powerful when I'm in the ceremony space and I sing this Allah song. Mm-hmm. In the room, the energy in the room is like wildly hyped. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a reason for all of it. So for me, it's like, and oh, you know, my solemn prayer since I even started this whole journey was that, if you don't want me in this, get me out immediately. 
If this is your purpose for me from now, yeah. I will obey that and I will move forward. So God is the only reason I'm in this mm. work in the first place. Yeah. That's great, man. That's great. So I, I just kind of want to, you know, as we already, when we started the podcast with you going through your own freedom, you know, following your own personal freedom and your journey. And I just kind of want to, because, you know, freedom is something that's such a big deal. And I feel like that's what most people kind of crave. So how has your love for freedom, you know, shape, you know, some of the choices that you had to make, you know, to, to navigate through life? Because I want everybody who's listening out there also to kind of, you know, kind of learned from you, you know, from following your own personal journey, you know, from, you know, having the freedom to go about your life in your own way, you know, to not have some of the fears to, you know, to deal with some, you know, people maybe who are in your ear saying this and this and that, you know, so can you, can you give me a little bit of a, can you share that please? Yeah. Man, it's in my natural makeup to understand that freedom is our birthright. So for me, it wasn't even, oh, my love for freedom. It was more so it was a non-negotiable for me to follow my heart when it comes to doing things. So, you know, I went to school, I went to college, I did finance, I did that whole thing. And I always had the goal of, you know, being quote unquote successful and then being able to help my family, being able to help myself, et cetera. But just like we said, certain things are predestined sometimes. Mm. And even within the range of choices you make, life takes you in certain directions and it's up to you to start understanding what the purpose of that is. So mm -hmm. as early as I can remember getting a job out of college, the first thing I remember always saying to myself is like, man, I have to own my own time. There's no way you're telling me we have all this intellectual prowess that we have all these smarts. And at the end of the day, that smarts just to make a living has to be used to go work for some company that may or may not be aligned with what I feel like is my true purpose and my true love and my true passion. Mm -hmm. just to make money, just to live, yeah. to go into office 40, 50 hours a week. You know, like, especially us being African, sometimes we put this big, big prowess on like being bankers and, you know, being, you know, working for yeah. the World Bank. When you look deeply into what these organizations do, sure, they're good, you know, they're good ways that you can use all these things as tools. But ultimately, the job that I had aspired to get would have been me working for these foreign banks to kind of just help further this agenda of learning to source the value of African countries and then let these foreign entities come in and kind of abuse that system and then make a good paycheck and go home. Mm -hmm. So for me, even if I could work within the bank system and do positive things for Africa out of banking, I just knew that that wasn't fulfilling for me. I just knew that that wasn't it. Yeah. So the first thing was, I need to own my own time. And I realized, okay, we live in this society to where in our day and age, it's about industry. So there have been all these industries that sustain themselves, like people generally have to have jobs and they go to work and that's the generation our parents lived in. But I feel like we grew up in a different time to where, you know, we felt more like, okay, there's a reason I'm passionate about certain things. Mm. And there's a reason why I love certain things and I don't. And I just couldn't accept the idea that I had to do something just to make a living mundane that might have not been fulfilling to me. So freedom wasn't. So the reason I started my own business was because I wanted to own my own time. By the grace of God, that business allowed me to help many people from friends to family with their personal credit finance situations, because mm. that's something a lot of us had ruined, you know, whether going through college or just living life or other people raising families, for example. So when I followed that, I never did it for money. I did it you know, because it could buy my own time and it was a service that was helping people and many of us got to benefit from it. But then mm -hmm. thereafter, even within that, it wasn't fully fulfilling because I knew my heart was really in the depths of like spiritual practice. 
you know, and in the depths yeah. of like really gaining understanding of it and, and, and ushering in what I call the awakening, more awakening of this collective consciousness in, in, in raising the frequency of the collective consciousness. So when I say raising the frequency of collective consciousness, the simplest form in that is being a good person, having integrity, doing the right thing, giving honest guidance, being honest with yourself. You can do that as a normal human being, but again, some of us are called to have deeper roles into that practice to where that's where I kind of found myself in. So for me, that freedom wasn't, um, it wasn't optional. So after my business really, you know, and, and the most random circumstances happened in my business to where first I worked for a company um, and I was able to own my own time doing the credit building business. And then both of my partners passed away within two months of each other. Oh, I'm sorry about that. And right when that happened, I had a choice to like step into business on my own or find another way to still partner. And something was telling me like, this is your time to do that. And as soon as I did that, that's what created the opportunity for me to move abroad. And I didn't know this chapter was coming, but as soon as it was time for this chapter to start, God had provided a way for me to be able to do that. You see what I'm saying? So, so are you still doing your business right now? Giving you a modem to, to, to sort of do that. So for me though, but at my core self, the just the Aquarius nature in me before, that's non-conforming, like it's very hard for me to sit and do anything that I'm not passionate about that I don't love. Mm. And I refuse to believe that we have to do that because I know we're not in this. Uh, sure, there's duty in life. And sure, some people accept the belief system that you know you have to have the discipline and you have to work hard. But to me, it's that's all a belief and a choice. If you believe it takes hard work to be successful, you know, I'm not doubting that it takes work to be successful. But if you believe it has to be some strenuous thing that's aligned with, you know, what you don't enjoy doing, you choose to accept that belief. Some people don't think it's it's worthy to be happy in life. I disagree with that. It's important to me that I'm happy. Mm. But, but what I'm about not doing the hard work, up? even if even if something you're really passionate about, like exactly, exactly, yeah. it's 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 gonna take and it, it take it takes hard work to go against all odds and do things that people don't agree with. True, true. It takes hard work to so for me, my always thing was like, I know I'm a good person. I know I do the right thing. I know I'm always helping people. I don't need to explain that to people to understand what kind of contribution I make to, to better people's lives. I would always love to do more, especially mm. for our family. But at the end of the day, I have to follow what my heart's telling me to do. Mm. First and foremost. So one of one of the things that that changed also with um with your journey is the way you dress. I noticed that. Is that part of it also, or is that just your own fashion? No, that's not part of it. It's it's a more it's more so. Um, man, again, man, we we identify so much with like so many things that just don't matter to the ego. Like you know, Friendly, there's this you know? prestige of you know you know us feeling high and mighty and wearing our you know. And then again, I got nothing. You know me. I used to be in a suit six seven days a week. Mm -hmm. You know, for years, I dressed like that in college every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. Nobody else was doing it and I did it. So I ain't got nothing against dressing in those ways and dressing super nice and casual. I just, that doesn't make up who I am. And I don't doesn't need matter. that to, to show off to anybody. I don't need that to, mm -hmm. to prove to anybody that I'm intellectually capable, that I'm smart. I don't need that to gain anybody's respect. And that's a part of appreciating my freedom also. Like, I don't have to fake the funk for nobody, you know, and I'm just not doing like, and granted, you know, I love my mother to, to my core and everything, but she hates the fact that I'm out here and shirtless most of the time. She mm -hmm. can't stand it. If she sees me do any picture and it's for modeling. It 
probably triggers her life, a way to feel that. But if I don't have any issue with that, as much as I respect her, am I going to stop being myself just to appease that? But how Absolutely. does how does that really make you feel with with her um, with her no, seeing it that way? Because I understand it. Because I understand it, and I understand us living in in a society where people, you know, in, she's always says it embarrasses her. So I I imagine people like, hey, you know, look at your son. He used to dress so nice. Now he's out there. His mm. shirt is off. He's this. Listen, I'm very proud of my body. I eat good. I work out well. I do yoga and. We came into this world without a shirt on. If I want to put my shirt, I can still dress nice till today and put on a three-piece suit like the best of them. I know I, I, I have the you know physical prowess to look good in that, but also I embrace my body and I embrace I embrace who I am and I'm proud of it. So if I if I live by the beach and I like walking around with a shirt and I'm cool, and the clothing you see that I wear, even though it might not be traditional clothing, is just a form of expression. So. Some of it may be like alternative clothing. And it's funny, people look at it and people from Tulum here call it like Tulum clothing or Bohemian. Man, it's all African. Yeah, it is. Look deeply at the clothes that I yeah, have I on. See I see it. Mm. So I can say, when you see the things that look like chayas, Chan <laughs> laughs at me and he calls it chayas or whatever the case is. Mm. Listen, to me, it's a beautiful, I, I just, I wear what I feel, you know, and I do what I feel and I mm. honor that. And I, I don't, I don't, care what the next person thinks about yeah. it and how they feel. And I don't accept it in my, because sometimes people say, well, you should care how people feel because it's a judgment. No, that's their problem. If someone else is bothered in their mind about how I choose to express myself, God bless them. And that's something very hard to do. Like for me, I've always had to deal with looking or thinking about other people's perspective or perception of what I'm going to do. Like I studied the Quran and now I wanted to become, I want to become an actor or I'm modeling or I'm out there partying with friends. And of course, it's always been like young Ruslosa family. Like you're, you're you're being some you're bringing some sort of a shame to your family, and so like with it became like with everything that I have to do till today, till now. Even now, it maybe got a little bit better, but I always have to always think about what mm -hmm. are they to think before I do it. Even before I'm starting this podcast, I wanted it to be brutally honest. I wanted to be disauthentic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even talking to you, I I I told some people that I'm going to talk to you, and they were like, "Wait, what?" You're going to talk to Mo, you know what I mean? And and I'm like, I know why I'm talking to him because I understand his his journey. I understand what he's going through. So I'm not going to become a judge on he has to do this and he has to do that because I I went through my own journey. So so I always have to think about every episode that I'm going to post, be like, what am I going to talk about? And this is even some of the things that's even like been holding me back a little bit. You know what I mean? It's, um, you know, do you know crazy, what my man. theory is? One, <laughs> authenticity mm. is important. Don't get me wrong. There's very important. Um, it's important to be mindful and understand that also we have pride in our family for a reason because we come from very good people, you know? Yeah. So I would never intentionally like just disregard my mother's feelings or my dad's feelings and how they feel about certain things when it comes to important things. I'll never embarrass my family in a sense that you'll never read Mo stole something. You'll never read Mo lied to somebody and did something wrong. You'll never read Mo, Mo committed some kind of crime. You, you know me to my court. They know yeah. what type of person I am. Mm -hmm. So you'll never read any of those things. But when it comes to the fickle things that are within some people's belief systems that hold them back because they're afraid to express themselves freely, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I have to adopt that fear. 
You know, so for me, anything that is short of you expressing who you are as an individual to a fullness is a betrayal, not just to yourself, but to everybody else. Because my theory is mm -hmm. the reason why some people look and they're quick to anytime you're judging a person, you need to point that finger back at yourself. Because what you're really judging exactly. is your capacity to live and let people live as they choose to live themselves. So mm -hmm. if you have a natural oppression within yourself, not to allow yourself to do that, don't project that onto me and think I have mm -hmm. to accept that to appease you. That's never going to happen. You can enjoy yourself. You know, you can sit there until you turn blue in the face <laughs> if you'd like to. If you expect me to do that and suppress yourself. No, I listen. I believe in people being true to themselves. And I think one of the things that hold us back from fully experiencing life as we choose to do so as people is because even though like Islam to me is perfect, but the culture mm -hmm. of judgment within certain family structures. And this has nothing to do with religion. No, it this, has nothing to do with Islam can, also. You can even look in Indian culture. You can look in some in American culture. You can look at, you know what I'm saying? Like there's always a taboo against human beings being exactly. themselves fully because we have a history of people being oppressed to feel like you have to, you know, fit in some kind of mold and you have to not allow yourself to be your true self and you have to hide that because it's a survival thing, you know? So for me, in my day and age, I'm going to break that. I'm not breaking the mold on purpose. I'm just being myself. So if that causes an interruption, cool. I have a modeling picture that um, was super triggering. I think, you know, brothers are funny sometimes too. So I don't know which one of my brothers did this. And if one of y'all listening, I know it's one of y'all. I suspect this chair, but chair rocks with me. So I don't know. But one of them sent a picture, I think, to pop to my dad or my mom. Like, yeah, hey, look at him. Oh, he's wearing a dress. <laughs> you know, so for me... I know, and everybody who knows me knows I am part of an epitome of masculine. Mm. You know, like you, you can sense masculinity in, in how I live and how mm. I speak and how I breathe. And there's nothing in me that's in that feminine. But also, I'm a wise enough and a tolerant enough being where I don't judge people for masculine and feminine and sexual. And I think it actually takes a strong human being to be able to accept all people as they are, you know, and to be able to move within those ranges. So mm. I don't look at the clothing you wear as a determinant of what. So for me, if it raises a conversation sometimes even of what people's own judgments are, to me, that's the important part. It's like, why do you hold the frequency of judgment within yourself, period? Whatever you may be looking yeah. and throwing your opinion on, that frequency of judgment holds a lower vibration than anything you may even be talking about. The fact that you're even in that space it's limiting and it will not allow you to see that light. So before you judge on what's right or what's wrong, think of yourself, is that of God? So when we study different things of scripture and we, you know, study in Islam, the parts that people accept to say, hey, okay, well, this person's doomed to hell and you're judging just and you're judging that. I don't subscribe to that. That's yeah, my it is. It's even in the Quran, you know, as in talking about that, not to call each other names and not to judge each other. You know what I mean? So, so see, it's, I just don't, it's the human being itself. Yeah. So for me, those little things like clothing, what you have on, like, are we, are we talking about, like, mm -hmm. what's the nature of your heart? You know what I'm saying? Are you a giving person? Are you an understanding person? Are you a loving person? Mm. Are, you know, are you a person with empathy? Are you a person who does the right thing when no one's looking? That's important. Yeah. What clothes I have? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess the clothing part comes from just kind of, because of we, you know, believing in God and then following up and believing in the prophet, we 
and God explaining that the prophet was the best of mankind, we want mm -hmm. to kind of be like him, not maybe exactly be like him, but kind mm -hmm. of emulate the way he was. Even though we different cultures have different way of dressing and everything, we don't have to exactly dress as how people in Saudi dress like because they're dressed like how the prophet used to dress like. But it's all about mm -hmm. just dressing in a, you know, you know, it's talk about in a more modest way, you know, in a way where how the prophet kind of described what, for example, what we call the aura. I don't know how to say aura in English. My, my English is terrible. Huh? It's aura. It's aura. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, which is starting from, you know, from the male starting from the from the tummy all the way to the knee and then from the female mm -hmm. starting from from top of the breast all the way to, you know, to, uh, to, to her feet. So that is kind of the teaching that they follow. But mm -hmm. ju the judging parts, that's another, that's another thing because the prophet also never judge anybody. You know, you can maybe talk to a person or teach a person, but, you know, going behind a person's back or judging a person for the, how they are, you know, whether, what, even whatever their sex is, it doesn't matter what it is. Where as a Muslim too, you're not supposed to judge because God is the one who decides whatever happens. You as a human being, you have no right to say, you know, who is supposed to do this and who's not supposed to do that. So, so I, 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 I get you with that, but it's just the cultural thing that's very difficult. Because even for me, as I understand, the way I understand Islam and the way in Gambia, for example, how people understand it because of the culture mixed to it, it makes it difficult for maybe someone to understand the way I talk. You know what I mean? Like my wife, for example, she's not Muslim. But she relates to me more than she would relate to somebody else from maybe Gambia who talks to her mm -hmm. about Islam because she's like, my husband doesn't talk to me this way. So mm -hmm. you're talking to me in a different way that I have to do this or I have to do that. But he's talking to me or teaching me in a way where it makes me more understand. Not that she, he's trying to be soft with me, but it seemed like what I'm saying, it sound more logical and more real to him. Sorry, to, to me, if you tell me that the infinite thing that is the source of all love and creation has to be this thing that we're oppressive of, that we got to look over our shoulder and we got to, we're like doomed to not be our authentic selves. I will never accept that. Mm. It's not true. People can believe it. I'm telling you, people tricked people into slavery and oppression in old days and that carried on a lineage through history. And that then shows how people are. You know, I love, Arab people, I love Arab culture. Islam does not belong to Arab people. No, it's, Islam is for mankind. You look at, you know? you look at history, Arab people were worse than European slave owners back in the day. And our people are still in the state to where they elevate that so much that they look and they give all of that prowess to that culture and they want to be like them so bad. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with that sort of sense, but that's giving you a misconception of what you're really following. No, it is. It is because, you know, Islam, the religion, or should I say Islam, it's not for Arabs. Just because it came there or it became to a man who was, and actually it only didn't came to him because the whole, starting from Adam, for example, Adam was not an Arab or no, we don't know, Moses was not an, was, was not an Arab. So, no. so it, all that came to, they were all preaching the, the, mono, the you know, the, the Tawheed, which is the oneness of God, you know, mm -hmm. to preach that. The Islam just comes to the lifestyle, which is which was the last, um, he would making the the Prophet Muhammad the last and final messenger to actually mm -hmm. spread that message, mm -hmm. which basically just submitting your will to God and and showing that lifestyle by the Quran, God revealing the Quran also. But it has nothing to do with the Arabs. There's a verse in the Quran that says, 
You know, one of the creation of God in the heavens and the earth is kind of like talking about just the differences, you know, the heaven and the earth, and then you have which is the language, and then and your colors. So as in then he created us and gave us language and he gave us color. But then one of his um one of his miracles and one of the things that he showed is basically kind of for the for the whole world. So it's not about just Arabs or just this or just that. You know what I mean? In the whole world, you can find Asian people who don't speak Arabic or who don't know anything about Arabic, but they can read the Quran. You know what I also, mean? So, think Prophet mm-hmm. Muhammad was the last messenger, right? Yeah. What are you? Well, I am I am just a, a, um, a slave to to God. You know what I mean? And a follower of the of of of, of the Prophet Muhammad. Mm-hmm. So and 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 to his teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's just that's just what I am. So you don't consider yourself a messenger yourself? No, I am more of an ambassador to Islam. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As in when it comes to my lifestyle and to how people see me and to how people what, take me. What's, like just as I'm saying, like as some sort of a lifestyle, the way I am and the way other people see me, that they will want to kind of emulate the way I am and then follow that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I... I learn if I learn the teachings of the Prophet and read the Quran, I'm supposed to follow that lifestyle, which is this, you know, mm-hmm. the Islamic way. So that's just what I am. But I don't think I am a messenger, in, uh, like you don't, itself. You don't think a messenger of Islam? No. no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, I think there are only few messengers who who come and bring something to the people. Like as in, I mean, if you want to say, if you want to describe messenger as someone who just go and try to spread a certain message, but that well, message has already been... Like spreading it. I think it's more my understanding of where we all play a role in this divine play, mm-hmm. if you will. Because, sure, I don't put you up there with the historical prowess that everyone puts the light of mm-hmm. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Um, and there's, and it, you know, it's he's a very real person. There's a very real frequency. That's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but just remembering when, you know, when God tells you like you are of him, like don't play yourself small. Mm. No, I'm not. That's not to say you have anything to gain mm. from like a yourself, but mm. understand who you are. Mm. Yeah. But th- th- that doesn't make, that doesn't make me small. You know what I mean? As I think already learning, learning about God, learning about myself, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and reading about the Quran and learning, learning about it, following the teachings of the Prophet, that already make me something very big. So I'm not looking at myself as somebody very small. You but know, what does make us small is the fact that you know, man, we're God gives us so much grace because even though we're perfectly imperfect, we are flawed. Yeah, we make mistakes over and over, and He delivers us over and over, and we make mistakes again over and over. So we are His creation. Yeah, of course, you know, and that's how He created us hold a lot of power and a lot of wisdom because he's, he's, he's empowered them, you know, sort of that way, you know, it's just still, again, within all of that, I just don't, it doesn't ring to my heart true when it comes to allowing any like fear or separation come into that narrative. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think that the, the smallness comes to when you ignore your existence, when you ignore yourself, when you don't know really yeah. who you are. And that path of learning about yourself, that also takes time. 
But for some yeah. of the people, for example, you know, God always talks about that, you know, that, you know, one of the things that make us, like we're all the same, you know, we're all from the earth, you know, our physical body is from the earth and that's what makes us humble. So we're not like distinguished by, you know, our, our, our materialism, you know, but we're distinct by like our spirituality. You know, he said, in akramakum indallahi atqakum, as in like the most pious of you or the most noble of you is is kind of the one who is more who is the most like conscious of me. So that is what makes you already not small. That is what already right. makes me a, such a important person. You know what I mean? But or imp you ask me, and I don't I don't ever look at myself. I, I pride myself on that humility and humbleness because I don't see any um there's, there's wisdom and there's nothing to gain in making yourself think you're bigger than you are. Mm -hmm. not, like, life is not about that. But you asked earlier, how do I have the, the just strength and the, no, and the will and the courage to like, you know, just kind of follow my guidance in this? Mm -hmm. It's because what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the bigger, the bigger, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. The bigger too doesn't mean bigger as in me telling another person I'm bigger, but in front of God, because God is the one at the end of the day who we, we, we all, all, you know, looking for, or kind of, you know, you know, I don't know how to exp to say it, but it's, it is, it is who, he, who, who judges, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna, God doesn't like for me saying that, oh, more, I'm better than you, or I'm bigger than you, or even when it comes to spirituality, I have more, such a more higher spirit than you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's in front of him has nothing to do with us as human beings. We're just supposed to be humble with each other. Yeah. 100%. It's a, I'll tell you, it's a beautiful mystery. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But it's such a blessing too, man, just to, to be alive, to learn, to grow, to explore, to heal. Yeah. All like the, 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 we can't fathom that love. You know, that's why, like, when you come into experiences to where you really feel that, man, it, it humbles you. It puts you on your knees for real, you know. It does. It does. Love of God's love is, 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 is an oh, amazing man. thing. It's, it's an amazing thing, you know. Something when you else. have that, I, for me, I think that's one of the only things that I, that I create, that I, that I want now, that I look to. It doesn't matter who loves me in this world, like any human being. I look to if does God loves me? Does he look at me and say, Cherno is, you know what I mean? Cherno is my friend. Or oh, I don't know how to say it, but it's like, that's, that's what I, that's what I want. You know what I mean? Because the closer you are, I mean, that feeling is, is, is unexplainable. Me having a child now and seeing just the way I love my, my child, they describe God's love as even like, for example, a parent's love, the mother's love. You know, there's mm -hmm. a verse where God says, um, I, you know, saying that don't worship anybody but me. But then right after that verse, I talked about it in my last podcast with Nenesala, that he said immediately, and be good to your parents. So mm -hmm. that love, the parent that you have with your parents, is almost like that kind of love. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, for me as a parent, I understand it. So as a, maybe parents understand it more, you know, but because I start to even understand that verse now that when I became a parent, I start to calling my mom because me and my mom also we now we had never had issues but we always have misunderstanding of each other on on you know because i memorize the quran so i'm supposed to be a certain way but i'm going in, in this different way because i feel like i had to learn and i had to go through my own journey to understand mm -hmm. what the quran is really about you know mm -hmm. there were prophets companion that actually left islam when the mm -hmm. prophet like died and then after a while they came back to it 
and that's just because they were going through their own journey. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's 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 such an amazing thing. You know, it's such a beautiful thing. And it, those all those things are making me to really understand God's love, man. Yeah. Islam, dal. Islam <laughs> is it, man. That's it. They don't yeah. get no. It's 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 everything. It's everything into one. But then that's why I'm so grateful too, because man, mm. we come from special stock, man. You know, but just like you said that, like can can one me and the grace he showed me, mm. man. You have no idea. No, not the man. I'll be honest. Like, even though it's funny, because I think sometimes looking from the outside, two people might look at my path as just um, and I don't know, because honestly, I don't spend much time thinking about it. But I, I assume just because sometimes I'll hear somebody say something and I'll be shocked because I'll be like that. People really see like, cause, you know, when people don't really know you, it's no telling how distorted they can have an opinion of you. Of. It's no telling what might be in their mind. They can only judge off what they see. That's why I always say to me, those who know me, know me. You know, yeah. the, those who know me, like, you know me, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. you know me. So mm. And my, my siblings know me, you know, but everybody might have their contentions and judgments because, again, I, I know I don't do things traditionally. I know I kind of just walk to the beat of my own drum. If you understand my true nature, you'll know why that is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I um everything I do is of God. Yeah. Every single thing, every move, every decision, every conscious thought... I can't tell a small white lie without holding myself accountable. If somebody says, Mo, where are you, where are you at? Are you at the store? And I'm like, ah, now I'm home, but I'm busy and I'm not busy. I hold myself accountable for that. Like I'm, I'm very, you know, at the end of the day, you know, but, but at the same time, I think people may look on the outside and they might think like, ah, he's just, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know what they think, but it's not a, it wasn't an easy road. man. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't look at anything as hard because I am built that way. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm built that way. So for me, I don't look at hard. I just, I put my head, I, I just truck on, you know, but I always think, I do think realistically, if I'm to speak candidly, you put somebody else in my shoes, they'll jump out really quick. They yeah. will jump. The, the talking can be the noise. You jump in these shoes, you might jump out as fast as you got in. It could feel wonderful and loving and light in this vessel because I know I'm a strong spirit. Mm -hmm. But you jump in these shoes with everything that it comes with, heavy lies the crown, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this has been a very great conversation, man. I really, I really, really appreciate you coming and doing this podcast with me, man. But apart For from sure. that, just connecting with I, you. Like this, was a, this was a great episode and it, it allowed us to just connect on, you know, things you and I would naturally even talk about. Yeah, yeah. Because we never really we never really get deeper into this. But well, that's because, you know, the last time we saw each other, this hasn't happened yet. But no. um, yeah, but I'm glad we did this, man. And I last know, I, I'm sure I, there's going to be part two and part three and part four because I feel there's so much, there's so much more. <laughs> you know, man, there's so much more. Or like, you know, mindset and motivation and making sure you plan your future right. And, you know, like staying in the gym and working out and making sure you had good habits and, and, and reading the right books, which all play a good role. But every chapter calls for something different, you know. Yeah. You know, chapter, I think it just goes more into growing more into 
you know, what your gift and your contribution is in the many different ways that's going to show its head. You know, there's no coincidence you had the training and the study and the wisdom that you have mm-hmm. because you're going to be able to help a lot of people understand that wisdom and the knowledge. And what better way to open up these conversations? Think about all the information that you hold and you know, like if you th- say you thought about doing a podcast to some people like, hey, you shouldn't do the podcast and this and the third. Think about what one conversation can do and how powerful that would be and how many people it can impact. True. Just think True. about that. Yeah. You know, so whenever people are like, oh, this is taboo. For me, if anybody would look at my life and say, okay, this is taboo. If anything, if it, if it triggers you to start thinking mm-hmm. outside of the box. Yeah. Something. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> Mo. Appreciate you so much, and I always appreciate your knowledge. You're 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 such an inspiration, man. And keep going where you're going. And um, yeah, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful, my brother. I love you. I appreciate it. And yeah, yeah let me know when you post. It'll be cool. Definitely, I'll let be you cool know. To listen back to. I'll let you know. Definitely. And keep going, man. I, I really enjoy the episodes. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Peace, my brother. Peace. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.